what's gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who day we ignite and Cincinnati, we gon' rise and uh, In the jungle, we unite and uh, Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight, live and die and destroy Go to peace, everything day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, drippin' heat Tigers strike the city streets East side, stand up West side, stand up If you weapon who day Time to put your hands up Bingo stripes, we in it New day, new age, yeah, we did it Cincinnati jungle fit it Who they in our house, we win it Orange and black and white, we build it Earn our stripes, you know we kill it Bleed our colors, jungle dripping Nasty natty, yeah, we live it Lit the crowd, get the city loud Yeah, we feasting now Fit the bounce, make the city howl Now we reaching now Thunder through the tunnel From the sideline to the huddle Stripes, we tatted on the jungle When we flex that who they muscle on Cincinnati, we gon' rise and uh, In the jungle, we unite and uh, Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight When they die in these stripes Now who gotta move like it on? Uh, now who wanna move close and on? Now who wanna move at all? If you got stripes and you let the city know you rock them Yeah, we got them, yeah, we fought them Like that black and orange upon them What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Ice Man, Jeff Trunapole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of Jackpot Joey Burrow, Darren Simmons, and the AFC North AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Now do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are killing it. I'm up to 1,705 subscribers. 1,705. That is awesome. I'm hoping to get to 2,000 by the time the season rolls around. Great, I'm going. I'm going to get there by August, which is awesome. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with strawberry ice. And if you're watching on Twitter or Facebook and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why the hell not? <laughs> Please do so. Please go to YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button, hit that bell for the notification. And every time I go live, You'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chats. Super Chats, stickers, thanks, all kinds of stuff they got for you. If you guys are interested in supporting the show, I'd give you a Super Chat. Now, I would say to be interested in asking Darren Simmons a question, I would say post it up, but I did the interview at like 2 o'clock this afternoon, so it's going to be recorded. So you can make comments, and I'll put them up because I'll be in the background. Anyway, as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave, and the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. 
check out the website, check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Well, what's up to everybody in the chat crew? Willie Lutz, you're in there. Hoss is in there. Crypt Keeper, I knew you were going to be here. You've been waiting for this. A stranger, what's up? Who else is in there? Jackpot Joey's in there. Uh, it's here. Well, let's uh, Ray Robinson, Lindsay, what's up? Thank you, the bruise. Derek, what's up, buddy? What's up? Hey, this is Derek. Hey, what's up, Derek? How you doing? Jake, what's going on? Samuel, Samuel, Bengals Bridge Crew, exactly. And I uh, know, Ray, it's not a strain of weed, but yeah, whatever. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, all right, guys. So, as you know, I have been trying like hard or like hell to get Darren Simmons and actual Bengal players on my show for like the last three years. Really hard the last two years going down to Bengals practice and hanging out at the bridge and all that stuff. And started with Deontay Smith. He came on my show a couple weeks ago. And then Delonte Hood came on last week. And now Darren Simmons came on. It's awesome. Eli Apple said he's going to come on. Mike Hilton said he's going to come on. Ted Karras said he's going to come on. Hayden Hurst. So I got a whole bunch of them that said they would come on. They all have my cards. So let's let's see. Um, they all have to DM me or email me or something. Anyway, this is a really cool interview. Darren is a really down to earth, really cool guy. He's really humble. <laughs> He's just like one of us, man. It's, it's a easy conversation to have with him. Anyway, before I ramble on anymore, let's get to my interview with Darren Simmons. Hey guys, what's going on? I got a very special guest today. He's a guy who last year told me he would come on my podcast and then somehow he got busy. Like, I don't know, they went on a Super Bowl run or something like that. But anyway, I'm very pleased and happy to have him on the show today. He is, in my opinion, I'm a little biased, the best special teams coach in the NFL. He's not, none other than Darren Simmons. Well, thanks for having me on. Finally get to be on. Yeah, long time no see. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, all right, let's get into this. We got uh, OTAs going on right now, and there's not a whole lot, I guess, that you can really do. But I think I, I've seen that from the bridge. I've seen you out there a lot, running through drills and things with the guys right now. What what can you accomplish right now as far as trying to figure out who is going to make it? I mean, not who's going to make it or not, but you know, who's advancing or whatever, whatever. Well, really, I, I think it. I tell our guys that I think OTAs are uh, a really important time where you identify what your weaknesses are from the previous season. I'm talking veteran players. We identify what your weaknesses are and you work to fix them. And, uh, and for the young guys, for the rookies, it's, it's just getting to know and, and figure out how we practice, how we call things, they'll speak the same language. Um, you know, what are the techniques that are being asked? It's really just getting familiar. And with this phase two stuff, there's really not a whole lot because there can be really no 11 on 11 right. um, stuff. So it, it's it's very difficult to do a, a lot of uh, stuff with them other than just get your feet wet. Um, I think training camp is a point where you get into competition. So right. OTAs, phase two stuff, it, it's really worked for self-improvement. The competition, the, the more intense stuff comes later on when you get to training camp. So it, it's it's very very limited right now with what we're doing. Quite honestly, mm -hmm. um, it, it's just more you know for the, especially for the young guys, you know, learning what we do, how to do it, and you know, I, I think the most important part is keeping guys fresh, keeping guys clean, and and, and not getting anybody hurt. Yeah, I, I guess is there a lot of I guess uh, 
more classroom work this time of learning to plays and, and especially for, for the rookies, you know, learning where they're supposed to be and stuff like that than more than on the play on the field. Yeah, I think so. And, and really, it's really quite honestly, the main focus of this portion of your offseason is about stuff in the weight room. Right. It's about, the you know, um, our conditioning program, getting back in for some of these guys, getting back into shape. I mean, really, for some of these rookies, they've never stopped. Right. You know, because they had to deal with their season. Then they went into combine training and draft preparation. And really, they haven't even stopped. So really, it's just, again, for the young guys, it's it's getting adapted, getting accustomed to the way that we do things here, the way we function. And it's for, for our veteran players, it's kind of getting back into a groove of, of right. football again. But really, the focus right now should be on improving themselves in the weight room. Exactly. And for, for a lot of these guys, their shot at making the team is by special teams. Because I had uh, Delonte Hood on my show this past weekend, and I know he's under at the free agent, and his shot is, is, I think, is on special teams, you know, gunner, punt returner, whatever you could do, but they, but he's not the only one. There's a lot of guys that that's how they get their foot in the door, or they just make a career out of it. Yeah, I, I think that, again, for some of these young guys who are back half of the roster players, I, I think that uh, that is their way to, you know, make a way make their way on to the 46-man roster, 47-man game day roster. The 53-man mm-hmm. roster really doesn't matter to me. It, uh, it's, it's who are going to be the, you know, the, the third corner and the fourth corner, who's going to be the third safety and the fourth safety, who's going to be the uh, third, fourth and fifth linebackers, who's going to be the, you know, the second and third running backs, the, the you know, the third tight end, the, the fourth, fifth and sixth receivers. Those are the guys that matter to me. And, and, and I think the faster that uh, um, these young guys uh, come in and understand that they're not going to beat out Jamar Chase, they're not going to beat out T Higgins, they're not going to beat out Tyler Boyd. Right. Uh, nobody's going to display. They're not going to displace Von Bell or Jesse Bates, you know, or uh, Cheeto Woozy and and or, or you know, Eli, whatever it may be, or, right. or Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt. The, the quicker they can come to that realization and the faster they can get up to speed with become an effective player for me, the better chance they got of making that roster. Exactly, because the thing is, once you get your foot in the door, who knows what what, what could happen? I mean, you just got to you just got to make a roster and. And special yeah. teams is a very, very important part of it. And you are a special teams coach and assistant head coach. And I don't think people realize as much how much of a hand you have in throughout the whole team because you're just talking about guys from linebackers to, to running backs to wide receivers to all different groups that, that you use in special teams. Yeah, I, I think that I'm the one coach other than, than, than Zach who really has to deal with the whole roster. I get to right. develop a relationship with – you know, with DJ Reader on field goal block or BJ Hill on field goal block or, or or Sam Hubbard on field goal block. And at the same time, I, I got to do the same thing and teach Alex Kappa and Ted Karras and uh, uh, Lyle Collins, get them up to speed with what we do in field goal protection. You know, in addition to getting Dax Hill up to speed on what we do on punt and punt return and kickoff and kickoff return and or, you know, it's Cam Taylor Britt the same way. Um, so it's, I really have a hand, I think in, in dealing with, and that's the most unique challenge I think I have is I've got to develop a relationship and develop a, a feel for each guy's personality. And, and what, what can I do to push their buttons or, or trigger them to make them go and do the things that I need them to do. So I, I think it's, it's much about the balance and, and managing personalities as, as it is getting to completely understand, you know, the techniques, uh, and responsibilities for each phase that they're involved with too. Right, exactly. Now, Darren, you you've actually been there longer than anybody. Now, I mean, you were there for for marvelous. So everybody that's on the roster, all the coaches, everybody, you've been there longer than than everybody. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of guys, uh, since special teams coach, you know, and you are your hand is in so many different things. 
uh, sometimes advance onto head coaching. Now, do you ever have that uh, thought process in mind that you want to become eventually a head coach someday, or you you like it, like it here? No, sure. I I think everybody would love the opportunity to do that. You know, um, again, I, I I still feel like that as a special teams coach, as I said earlier, I'm really the one that, in addition to head coach, that that uh, has a feel for the whole team. Right. Has the best feel for the whole team, and what are you know what are each guy's positive or pluses and minuses, their weaknesses, their strengths. And again, it's about really being a head coach is about dealing as, as much about dealing with personalities and managing personalities right. as it is uh, anything. It's a little different for Zach because Zach calls plays for us. And so right. he, he has a he has a huge role and, and right. a huge one in that. But uh, no, I, I think it's always something that uh, uh, I would love the opportunity to do is, is, you know, have your own team, run your own team. Um, you know, I feel like I'm experienced in that, been doing that for you know, a long time here in this league. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's about finding the right opportunity at the right time, just like it is with a lot of players. Exactly, exactly. You've been here since uh, 2003. Now, let me get back to to your your personal uh, career, where you started out. Now, I did some uh, looks of stuff up. You punted at Kansas, but before that, you were at uh, Dodge City Community College. That's yeah. a uh, NAI team, or what, what, what college is that? That's a junior, it's a junior college. Junior college yeah, okay. yeah. It's a junior college that's out there in the Jayhawk Conference in Kansas. Um, you know, if you remember back um, several years ago, there was that little uh, show, I can't remember the name of it now, where, where they focused on, uh, uh, there's a team out in Kansas, a football team out in Kansas. That, it was at uh, Independence. Okay. Um, um, I, the, the name of that show's slipping me now. Last Chance You. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. So that's the, that was the conference. The, the conference that that team was in, Dodge City's also in that same conference. Okay, okay. Um, it's, they, have, they have Fort Scott, they have Butler, they, Butler County, they have Dodge City, they have Garden City, they have Independence. Uh, and and there have been a lot of really good players come out of that junior college program. Corey Dillon, who was here a long time ago, played in that conference. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was a starting quarterback and starting punter there. Um, I was a starting quarterback for a year and some change. I was starting punter both years. Um, I was at Dodge City. I, I did that. It was, it, was, it was close to home for me. It's about uh, two hours from my hometown. Okay. Um, so I played junior college for two years, and then I, I transferred to, to Kansas after that. And yeah, punter you for you were in Kansas, it, it was the Big Eight then. It wasn't the Big Twelve. So yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, back. I mean, that was back in that's that time of that. I didn't go to college at Big 12, but that's when I went to college was, was back then when I was the Big 8. Yeah. People were like, what's the Big 8? Like, well, that's what it used to be called. It used to be called a Big yeah. 8. Oh, wow. my, my senior year, 95, was the last year of the Big 8. After that, they, they went to the Big 12. But my I senior year was 1995 and, yeah. and uh, kind of dating myself. But that was, that was the last year of the Big 8. Hey, Darren, you, you and me both, brother. It's, it's, it's getting, we're getting old quick, man. I, I don't yeah. know where the time's going. My my baby just turned 18 this week, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. Oh, Get a little too much gray in my in my beard, man. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I wear this. That's why I wear this cap right here. This grace, you can't see the side of mine. There you go. There you go. All right. So we had one of the the best runs, most special runs last year, and a lot of it had to do with well, I don't say a lot, but I mean Evan McPherson, shooter. You know, you got to do the guns. Yep. He is one of the best young pitchers, or pitchers, one best young kickers I've ever seen. I mean, his mental stability calmness to be able to go out and, and not miss and you know to kick your team to the AFC championship game is just unbelievable I mean I had Shane Graham on here before and he and Shane said he coached him a little bit up in college and he you know you and him have talked about him before and and Shane was really impressed with his mental approach and that, that was me too and, and I'm just kind of want to get your thoughts on on Evan and and 
what he's like to be around and, and his mental approach and just his kicking. Well, you know, I, I think the first thing that, that obviously drew me to Evan was his physical ability. I mean, he, he's a guy that uh, um, has a very powerful, strong leg. Uh, you know, we've had several kickers that have come through here, you know, whether it's uh, started off with Neil Rackers and went mm -hmm. to Shane Graham and, you know, and then we had uh, Mike Nugent here and then, you know, it was Randy Bullock and we, we've got a variety of guys here, but right. uh, and all of them had their, had their own unique strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think Evan's a common, kind of the best of all of them. You know, right. he's, got a, 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 he's got a really, really, really powerful leg. And again, that's the first thing that drew me to him. Uh, you know, I then went down to the university of Florida and, and worked him out on his pro day, you know, and quite honestly, we, we got lucky because of the, the rules in the off season were a little different last year. They've been a little different from 2019 and 20 because of COVID. Right. In 2019, we couldn't go out and, and work these college players out at all. Mm -hmm. um, in 2020, we could only do it on pro days. Um, okay. This past year in 2021, it was kind of a back to normal again. We can work players out, see them, view them, work out on their pro days in addition to working them out individually. My point is in 2020, I went down to Florida to work him out. And again, that, so all coaches only had one opportunity to see them, and that was on their pro day. So if there were pro days on the same days, like if the University of Florida and, uh, you know, whoever else, University of Georgia had pro days on the same day, you get to pick one of the two to go to. Hmm. And so I was one of probably seven or eight, seven special teams coaches that was at Florida um, uh, to watch him that day. Um, you know, he, he had probably one of the, the probably the best workout i've ever seen a kicker have that day not only his power but just how uh competitive he was um how even keel he was and you got to remember really last year should have been his senior year of college he came out early as a junior right and uh um so he was an early out and uh you know just the the mental his mental uh toughness um his ability to not get too high or too low uh i think are big things you know for him his uh um, ability to deal with, you know, he, he dealt with success early on. Obviously, we had a game winner against Minnesota. You know, then we had another game winner, um, you know, a couple weeks out against Jacksonville. But you couple that in with the, with the Green Bay game. Dude, uh, I still I still think he made that one on the, in the end zone. I sit in. I, I, I swear it hit the freaking uh, the red uh, flag at the top. I was cheering, yeah. jumping up and down. I'm like, and my son goes, he missed. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it, trust me, it surprised it surprised him and Kevin as much as did anybody. I think if you watch the video, they're jumping up and down, celebrating <laughs> like you made it, and then the official signal's no good. But right. anyway, I, I think in the end, I think that Green Bay game um, probably was probably the most important game of the year for him. Mm -hmm. Even though it was not, he wasn't successful in that game, it, it taught him to deal with a little bit of adversity. Right. And it's really kind of the only point in, in the season that he had, he had to deal with that. You know, he missed a couple opportunities at game winners. And, uh, you know, I think it also goes to show you, too, that even a great kicker in this league, like Mason Crosby for Green Bay, missed five field goals. Right. And I can missed two, and, mm -hmm. but, but uh, Mason missed five. But he made the one that counted at the end. Right. And uh, uh, so I think that kind of taught him that uh, you, you, no matter what, you got to be ready to perform at any time. And, and a game winner, for it could be in the middle of the first quarter. It could be at the end of the fourth quarter. You don't know when it's going to be. Right. And, uh, um you know, obviously, the, the, the amount of success that he had in himself and, and the, the same thing that, that this, the amount of success or the level of confidence the team had in him down the stretch were obviously crucial and critical points to our success at the end of the year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly glad he's on our side. Um, you know, he, he's, he's uh, um, 
setting up for you know good career but you know your biggest improvement should come between year one and year two of your of your nfl career if you know what to expect right hopefully, if you can improve upon what he did last year wow yeah, yeah hopefully improves yeah and then you got the the, the lord of, of thunder and long snaps clark harris who has yet to have an unplayable snap to me that is unbelievable i mean that's that's yeah. being very good at your craft right there yeah, he, he's been he's been somebody who's been re really consistent throughout his career. Um, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, whether it's him, whether it's Kevin, I trust those guys. And in, in they're really in any situation. They've been in every situation, you know, football situation on the man. They're both football guys are both very intelligent uh, strategically. I feel like they're coaches on the field. I feel like it's an extension of me right. uh, being out there. So they you know, I've, I've taught them. I've trained them how I want them to react in certain situations. So I feel very, very confident, and comfortable when they're out there. And I got Kevin Huber, who, who hopefully it will be, well, could be, if he makes the team this year, could be uh, setting the record. I think it's right for the most consecutive games or, or seasons played for the Bengals. I think that's what it is. Um, but he also got competition this year in uh, Drew Christian. And I, I've talked about, well, Kevin really doesn't talk to me, but Drew does. <laughs> but that is a competition that, that is happening this year. It happened a little bit last year. Drew got, got injured. But that will be interesting. That's kind of the one. I guess position that and kick returner. I think you have to try to to, to determine this year. Yeah, you know it. Uh, uh, I mean, it's no secret that uh, Kevin, even Clark, frankly, for that matter, they're getting older, and uh, um, it's not that they have poor years. I don't. I don't think Kevin probably had his strongest year. I don't think it was, I don't think he had a poor year. I just don't think he had a strongest year. I think he he probably faltered a little bit down the stretch right. of the season, and. Uh, uh, so at some point, you, and really, he's been fortunate, and, and he's earned that opportunity. That he's really never had competition in training camp, really, at any point throughout his career. And so, you know, I, I think the true competitors, um, when they do get challenged, they rise up to the level of the competition and, and then work to exceed that. So, you know, again, competition always brings out the best in everybody. Um, and uh, so we'll see how that ends up. But, again, for the same reason I said with Clark, Kevin is, again, somebody that I have a great deal of confidence in. You know, like I said, I, I feel like I feel exactly the same way. I feel like he's a coach on the field. Right. He, he's been very proficient um, at what he does for a long period of time. And there's a, there's a great deal of uh, uh, respect I have for that. Now, one thing people have, have made a, a big deal about, and I don't know if it's a big deal or not, is just say Huber doesn't make the team and, and it's Drew Christian or somebody else. And it's still Clark Harris or whatever. And that the, the hold, person hold, holding the ball is Drew instead of Kevin. How big a difference is that for for uh, Evan McPherson? Well, it can be it could be a huge difference um, for for a, for a variety of reasons. I I'll use the example of uh, the, the Green Bay game that we played early in the early uh, in the year last year as a prime example. Um, you know, I have a great deal of respect for Mason Crosby, Green Bay's kicker. He's done it for a long time, um, and he had he had the same holder for probably four years, I think, up to this past season. Uh, a kid out of Alabama, Jake Scott, J.K. Scott, mm -hmm. um, and they went and they changed punters, which means they change holders. Right. And uh, and and that that made a big, big, big difference. And Mason Crosby didn't change a lot. The one thing it changed was the holder. Right. And, uh, I think it affects his level of confidence and the level of confidence that the kicker has. Again, you know, most people don't know from the time the ball on a field goal play, from the time the ball is snapped until the time it's kicked, is about one point two five seconds. Okay. So, you know, the kicker has to have a great deal of trust that A, the snap's going to be in the perfect spot, B, the holder's going to catch it clean and get the ball down on exactly the right spot at the right time 
and get it up in time for the kicker to be able to see the ball to ultimately kick it. So right. a lot of that happens, you know, that we're all talking about that happens in 1.25 seconds. So the, the level of trust that, that the kicker's got to have um, in the snap and the hold is immense. And if there's not true, true, true trust and, and confidence in that, it, it ultimately it affects the kicker. And that, that's something that uh, we certainly uh, – you know, it comes into play for me. It, it, it sets in the back of my mind, too, that, you know, the one way you win games, you got to score points. And the way right. you score points is you, you got to make field goals. You got to make PATs, my area. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so, you know, maybe the kicking the field goal thing is is really pumped up the the the, the value and the importance of that play, especially when you got somebody that, that was successful as a young guy is what Evan was. So, right. you know, the holding the holding part is, is certainly going to figure in in a major way to who the punter is. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And sometimes now, do you have a preference? Because sometimes I think I think every time you've been here, the punter's been the holder. Some teams, I don't think they do it as much as they used to. It used to be like the backup quarterback in case yeah. you ever do a fake, you know, fake yeah. punt, the guy to throw the ball. Is that have you ever been that guy or you always had the punter as the uh, as the holder? Yeah, the, the punter's always been the holder. I, I don't think there are any teams in the NFL now that currently have the backup quarterback as the as the uh, holder. Okay. I think that's all 32 teams have the punter that do it and and really, so you can, you know, so you can develop the trust between the kicker and the snapper, right. you know, and, and having the holder in there being a cop. And if it's a backup quarterback, I don't know when the kicker practices with him other than before or after practice. True. You know, True. when we're practicing field goals in the middle of practice right now, and for us to be able to do that, we got to have somebody over there to hold. And, and so that, that that's why the punter is always functions as the holder for us. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that it certainly becomes a big part of it. Well, I can verify you guys are all, always practicing because I'm always right above you on the uh, above the bridge there, trying try not to bug you too much. But Darren, you've given me almost 20 minutes. Again, I appreciate it. I really this means a lot to me. Thank you very much for for joining yeah, the show. I've, I've got some more time if you, if need be. I, I I can I got another 10 minutes here if you. Oh, all right, cool. Me. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I got so let's get into your your background. Uh, I know you, you're. I don't exactly know. I think you grew up on a farm. Is that is that true? Yeah. Yep. Where exactly did you grow up? Because I, I do want to get into some of that stuff. Yeah, I grew up on a I grew up on a wheat fa- a wheat farm in Southwest Kansas. Um, uh, you know, I, I I grew up there um, my whole uh, young life. Um, my dad and my parents had a farm as is a probably a third generation farm out there, second generation farm, excuse me, out there it was about uh, um, 4,200 acres. What did you guys um, grow out there? Wheat mainly, wheat, wheat and yeah. uh, a little bit of corn and uh, milo, which is a, it's a uh, it's a feed grain for cattle. Okay. Um, it, it's it's very it's really relatively dry out there where I'm from. It's in southwest Kansas, in the southwest corner of the state of Kansas, by the Oklahoma, Colorado, Texas Panhandle. Cool. Um, That's and, flat uh, too. <laughs> yeah, very flat. It's yeah. Nothing, nothing like Ohio right now, <laughs> or at no, least no, Cincinnati. No, no, no. It's 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 very flat out there. This it's it's. Uh, it's very flat, which obviously means the wind blows a lot. You know, right. a 30 mile an hour uh, wind out there is that's just a nice breezy day. Here, here are people viewed as a hurricane, but out there, <laughs> exactly, gale force winds. But out, out there, it's just a breezy day. Exactly. So that's why you have all those, the, the the windmills and everything out there generating all the uh, the energy yeah. for you. Yeah, so, there's right. a lot Sorry, of those. Yeah, no, there's a lot of those out there. <laughs> exactly. All right, so you went from there. You, you got to, like I said, we said earlier, Dodge City Community College, and then you went to Kansas. So after Kansas, uh, did you try, did you get a shot to being a punter or a backup quarterback in the NFL? No, I, I got a couple workouts as a punter. Um, you know, I, I, I had a good senior year. I was average as my junior year. I, I had a really good senior year. 
Um, it, it wasn't probably good enough at the time, you know, to be an NFL player. So I had a choice to make. Either I keep, you know, trying to be a player or ultimately become a coach. I stuck it out for one year trying to play, and, and I was fortunate enough that uh, my head coach at Kansas was Glenn Mason, and he liked me well enough that he allowed me to be a graduate assistant there. Um, so I, I was, I was learning to coach, but at the same time, I was still training a little bit too, as a punter in right. case an opportunity came up for me again. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a year there, uh, coach Mason left and went to university of Minnesota. Um, and, uh, I then followed him up to university of Minnesota. Ooh, that's cold. <laughs> it was the fortunate part for me. I went up, I went up the year I went up there it was one of those El Nino years. So it oh, was, geez. It was the uh, uh, the snow was actually a, it was a lighter, it was more mild winter than oh, there you go. Okay. in a long time. Um, at the end of my one year at Minnesota, uh, an opportunity came up for me in the NFL. I had an uncle who was a strength coach okay. um, in the NFL for the Ravens, and uh, you know, growing up as a youngster, all through high school and even through college, I would go and uh, help him in training camp. Okay. He was he was with the Brown, the Cleveland Browns. When Bill Belichick was the head coach at, with the Browns, he was the strength coach at Cleveland. And then, uh, if you remember, ultimately that franchise, the, the Browns franchise, moved, moved, yeah. and became, became the Ravens. So mm-hmm. he was part of that transition. Um, so I, I, I helped in Cleveland. Then I went and helped in Baltimore. Um, there was a spot in the coaching staff that, be, that became open for me, uh, or that came open on, on Baltimore's coaching staff as the assistant special teams, assistant strength and conditioning, and. Uh, so after my one year in uh, at the University of Minnesota, um, that spot came open. Um, I, I got offered that job, and so I had to make a call: either keep my, you know, keep trying to chase my dream as a player, or you right. know, go to the dark side and become a coach. And <laughs> the dark side, I like that. <laughs> I felt that uh, you know my my opportunities as a player were going to be limited. I was going to be a fringe guy, if, if, even if I got the chance at all. Anyway, so I probably made the right call and went and uh, you know uh, tried the coaching thing on. Now was Hardball the, the the coach in Baltimore then? No, oh no, uh, Ted Marchabroda was the head coach. Oh, okay, it's like yeah, that shit does yeah, like '95. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, this is like in uh, this is actually '97, I think. '97. Uh, okay. Ted Marchabroda was the head coach uh, there that year. He was there. Uh, I was there with just there with him for one year. Then the the head coach of Baltimore became Brian Billick. Yeah. I then went from Baltimore as a Baltimore for one year, and then I went to the Carolina Panthers as with them for the next four years. Um, George Seifert was the head coach for three of those four years. Yep. And then John, John Fox is the head coach there for one. Okay. And then, uh, Marvin got this job here in Cincinnati in 2003. Obviously I knew Marvin from my time in, in Baltimore. Oh, right. And, uh, um, you know, he offered me an opportunity to come here. And, and, uh, so I jumped on that chance and, you know, been here, been fortunate enough to be here ever since. Exactly. And it's it like I said, you, you said you had a, a chance to either turn to the dark side or chase chase your well, I don't want to say dream, but chase, you know, the, the yeah. NFL career. And I always like said I think I think you made the right decision because I mean, like I said, in my opinion, you're one of the best special teams coach in the league. And you you've been here, you know, as far as NFL coaching jobs goes, people don't stay in jobs that this this long. You know, that is coaching yeah. in NFL is not for long. You've been here since two thousand three. That's that's pretty good right there. I don't I don't know what the the record for the longevity of a special teams coach is, but I'm pretty sure you're pretty close to it. I don't know what it is either. I've never really, I've never, you know, I've thought about it. I, I don't want to jinx myself by looking that <laughs> right. up and, and seeing what it is, but no, I've been very fortunate. Um, you know, uh, I've been very fortunate here. It's been a good, I've had a good relationship with, 
this franchise and the Brown family and, and they, they've treated me very well. I, I, I can't complain um, no what I ever about anything they've ever done. They, they've gave me an opportunity to, you know, most importantly, raise my family here. Uh, my family loves it here. This is home for them. My, my daughter was uh, one year old whenever we moved here from Charlotte and, and she's getting ready to, you know, go into her junior year of college um, uh, at IUP. Um, and my other two sons were, were born and raised here. So I mean, this is home for them. They're all their friends are here. Mm-hmm. We have our own, you know, group of friends. I mean, this is, this is home for us now. So, right. um, you know, we feel very fortunate to have been here and, and, you know, for me to get the opportunity to do something that I, that I love and feel so strongly about is, you know, it's uh it's, it's a pretty cool thing. So what was it like to, to, to be the only, uh, basically the only holdover from Marvel Lewis when, when Zach came over here, was it a, a hard transition? Did you know Zach before or how'd that go? No, no. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, uh, um, you know, several years ago, whenever, uh, Tuberville was the head coach at UC, oh, we had little, remind me about that. Oh my goodness. We had, <laughs> we had a little crossover golf outing amongst the, uh, the, uh, coaching staffs. Yeah. Uh, with, with UC, the UC coaches and then our coaches all played together at uh, uh, Makatiwa. Okay. And, and uh, I think Marvin was a member there. But anyway, we had this little crossover, and, and our quarterback coach at the time was Ken Zampezi, and uh, uh, we got paired with two UC coaches. And, uh, you know, one of the UC coaches was the one year, I think, that Zach was here yeah. at UC. So yeah. he was uh, – uh, We got I got to play golf with him. That's, that's that was cool. my, obviously my first exposure and only exposure. Right. Uh, frankly, them uh, prior to him getting here. So, 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 so who who won the golf? I'm just curious. You, you, you oh, I don't even remember. We, <laughs> we all we all probably lost. That's <laughs> probably really what it was. But but no, that uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very thankful that uh, that they felt strong enough to keep me here. I, I think it's been a good uh, uh, relationship. Uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot from him. A different way of doing things. Uh, from him, I, I'm hopeful that that I've been able to help him a little bit transition from being a, you know, really a, a quarterback coach or just an offensive coach to, you know, offering anything that I could help him in terms of, uh, you know, what it's like to deal with the team or deal with the rest of the team or, you know, how things have been done here in the past. The, the right. you know, the pluses, minuses, you know, whatever, anything that I could ever offer him up to to help him make his job easier. You know, um, that, that's kind of my role and. You know, again, I'm very thankful that uh, um, we were able to stay here and, uh, you know, kind of stick it out. And, and again, certainly culminated with the success we had this past year. Exactly. Now, speaking of the success you had this past year, now, full disclosure, when – and I say we. and I, I say we. I live and die with this team, so I always say we. When we won in uh, the first playoff game since 1991 when I was 15 – 14 of the Bo Jackson game. When we won that game, I'm not lying. I, I started tearing up. It was so such an emotional thing because because we had I mean so many years from the 90s when we were terrible. Then Marva came in and Marva brought us up and we could not win a playoff game to finally getting it done. Now you were here for the years when we couldn't win the playoff game. What was yeah. that like for you to finally just as a coach finally get get your first playoff win? Well, certainly getting you know it, it's it. Trust me, it epitomizes getting the monkey off your back. I, yes. And it, the good part about it, I, I, really, I, I think, frankly, for everybody else, whether it was on our the coaching staff or even the players, you know, other than maybe me and Kevin and, and Clark, right. they're the only ones that were significantly involved in some of those other losses. Mm-hmm. You know, it 
we're the ones that bore the weight of that. None right. of the other people on this roster or even the coaches here had to, were, were a part of a lot of that, but we were. Mm -hmm. And I, I think so it's a bigger relief for us as it was anybody. And we, I would trust me, we felt the same burden that the fans felt. Oh, absolutely. Of what it's like to, you know, be so close on so many occasions and, and just for whatever reason, not get it done. And, but and to finally get it done, you know, uh, in, in that game against the Raiders was, was a big deal. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the excitement. I'll never forget as long as I live, the excitement of the crowd and, and yeah. just to see the, you know, the, the energy that, that that place had, uh, that night after yes. that game was, was pretty special. And then oh, it rolled on into the night. Everybody's partying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I uh, trust me. I can only imagine what it was going to be like, you know, uh, in downtown, and and how many people are going to be missing work. So, <laughs> exactly, that's a great thing. Exactly. Then we rolled it into Tennessee, and I, I actually mm -hmm. was able to get playoff tickets. I, I me, and my son, and my buddy Maddie, we went down to Tennessee, and and then watching the, the like again, I said the end zone that I was standing mm -hmm. in is the end zone. Evan kicked the uh, game winning yeah. field goal, and, and again, I full disclosure, I I hit this one lady. It's like. Well, that's a little much. I mean, I fell to my knees and started bawling. I'm like, could we never want a road playoff game? I'm like, this is, yeah. I mean, this is unbelievable. I'm like, yeah. this is, I mean, and, and you know me, I'm at the practice all the time. And I'm with you guys. I'm like, this yeah. is so freaking cool. And yeah. this one Tennessee lady's like, ah, that's a little bit much. I'm like, like, well, well like, you have no idea what I've been through as a Bengals yeah. fan. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, this is freaking cool. Then you go to the Super Bowl and I'm like, yeah. that had to be the coolest thing ever to, 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 yeah. to go there and, well, he had to watch The Rock, you know, do his thing before kickoff or whatever, which I was a little interesting. But what was the, the Super Bowl experience like? Well, I, you know, it, it was obviously it was very neat. It, it all happens very fast. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot that goes there, – there's certainly a lot that goes into that game. I, I think as a team, you try to stay locked into the process and, and staying into routine as much as you can throughout those two weeks. It's difficult, yeah. you know, with, with all the things that, uh, that go into the Super Bowl, all the – media things that you have to deal with where there's family and uh, uh, arrangements and tickets and you know everything trying to get uh, everybody taken care of and, and it's good the way we handle it a lot of that stuff got done the week before allows us to you know to go that that week of the of the super bowl and, and really you know our game plan had been installed the week before and and really it's just polishing up on things that next week out there in california um but it was it was certainly very unique and i i think the one thing that i you know, that I learned, I, I knew it, but I, I learned it though, though is, you know, really all you have to do is just win one game. It, it, we're, we're not playing for a season here. You just gotta, we have to find a way to do whatever we have to do to win one game. Yep. And, uh, you know, we got within whatever it was a minute and 15 seconds or whatever it was of yes. being able to do that, but yep. it doesn't matter if it's a minute and 15 seconds or whether it's 11 minutes, you know, we, uh, in the end, uh, you know, we made all the plays in the other playoff games to win those games. Yep. You know, the Raiders game made the plays, the Tennessee game, and obviously the Kansas City game, we made the plays. We just didn't make enough of them in the, in the, in the Super Bowl. And I think to be able to, to go through that whole process and when everyone was, you got to you got to make every play in every game to have the opportunity to win. And that, that's what makes winning that game so special, I think, is you know that, that everything is lined up. And it's mm -hmm. people just have no idea how hard it is right. uh, to win that game. I do, uh, you know, because I've been doing this for however long, and I never had a chance to win a playoff game before. So I know what it's like to try to to try to go through it and win every single game, and uh, you know, and then 
all the fans think, oh, great. You know, we, we were back there. We were there last year. We're going to go again next year. Well, they, they have no idea. It's not even anywhere close to being that easy. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to hit reset and you start over. I mean, it's zero and zero. You don't get to pick up where you left off. It's, it's uh, you know, and, and we were the, we were the fortunate ones a year ago. That, you know, thank God we don't we didn't have to pick up where we left off, you know, in 2000. <laughs> In right. 2020. I mean, you, yeah. it's everybody starts afresh. Everybody starts anew, and the same thing will happen this year. And, I, and, and that's why I think the as, as as fast as we can get over, you know, what happened or didn't happen a year ago, and learn to hit reset. And, and we've got to find a way to do it, do something completely new, and find a completely different way to do it. Is the challenge in front of us? Yeah, exactly. And and that's one thing that that I really liked about what what Joe Burrow uh, said the other day in his press conference, or. You know, because there there are Bengals from the '80s that still have not watched the Super Bowl that they lost. Mm-hmm. He watched it the next day, just like it was a regular thing. You know, that, like it's normal work, and to help him get over. It. And to me, you're never gonna get over it. But like you said, you got to move on, and you have to yeah. compartmentalize. Once you get in the playoffs again, you're winning one game. It's not okay. Win this game, then we win this game. We win. It's so singular focus what you guys have mm-hmm. to do for week to week to week. It's just win one game, then move mm-hmm. on to the next week, and win that game. You know, it's just. It's yeah. I, I don't know how you do it to be honest because I, I can't I can't mentally do that. I'm always thinking up to the next thing, but you guys have to do it so singular one week to the next. And the and the more the better you do that at, the better you are at that, the better you are to win the games. Well, because I think the, the thing that happens is you can only control what you can control. I, I you can't control what happens in the future. I can just control what happens, you know, that week and for that game. You, you can't worry about what's in, in front of you because if you don't win what's in front of you, you can't worry about what's beyond because if you don't win what's in front of you, you don't get what's beyond. Exactly. And so I think it makes it pretty easy for us to lock in or, you know, to lock in those situations that we try, that's what we tried to do this year, just concentrate on that week. Let's let's try to find a way to win to, to a beat the Raiders. Then next, let's, let's find a way to beat the Titans. And then let's find a way to beat the Chiefs. And then let's find a way to beat the Rams. And we just came up with we just came up a little bit short. But I, I think what it does is it, it gave our team confidence uh, in each other that we've got some skins on the wall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, it, it, you know, it, it obviously gives a lot of the players the confidence to entrusting the process that Zach and, and uh, us, that we try to lay out in front of the players each week on how to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like what, what Mike Hilton has said too. He's like, people don't believe us still, or, or it wasn't a fluke or mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever they're saying about last year. And to yep. me, I, I always look at it as a chip chip on our shoulders to saying, okay, we go prove it again. Now, like you said, it's not easy. I'm not, oh. and I, I, I'll, I'll protect you guys to, to, to go back to Super Bowl, all that stuff. I'm a fan. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not a coach, but it's not easy to do. That's what I try, try to keep telling everybody. It's because last year, also, you guys are extremely healthy all up until really the playoffs. That's when you, yeah. you started getting injured, lost uh, 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 Larry O, and you lost uh, Riley Reef. And that, that was pretty much the two big ones that you lost. But there's two two big pieces that you, that you lost. But throughout the whole season, you're pretty healthy. Now, yeah. that's another key. If you guys are injured, like, say, the Ravens were last year, who knows what's going to happen? So, I mean, it, it is going to be an uphill battle. But I, like I said, I'll tell you, my my, uh, my bets with you guys. I think you got a great shot of doing it again this year. Well, if we, if we can if we can find that magic again, bottle it up, and uh, you know, again, find a way to stay healthy. That was that's the whole key to it. We, you know, the previous two years we've been injured, uh, you know, immensely at, at a lot of critical spots, and you know, it, sometimes I feel like those injuries come in bunches, and especially when it gets to certain position groups, you get one injury. Or, then two injuries turns into four injuries at one specific position group. And then you're 
completely screwed up and, and it, it we were very, very fortunate to stay that we didn't suffer any just catastrophic injuries and, mm-hmm. and give credit to a lot of our guys, um, you know, how they fought through some injury. It's not just all, always fighting through injury. We, we dealt with, you know, we've had to deal with all the, the COVID issues that came into play and all the testing and the protocols and vaccination, non-vaccination. And it's just a, a lot that uh, our guys had to deal with. And I give them credit for the way they were able to maintain their focus and, and channel their energy to practice and channel their energy to their preparation. And uh, again, trying to find a way to win one game. Exactly. You guys are actually going to have some of, of a normal uh, season this year. <laughs> normal off season, which we got to kind of nice for once. Yeah, hopefully. Let's, let's knock on wood. Hopefully that, that stays in the play. There you go. I knocked on it for you. <laughs> you. I did too. You just couldn't see me. <laughs> All right, Darren. Oh, real quick. One, one more question. I'll let you go. What, what time of day do you start working? I'm just curious. Um, I get here, you know, during the season, I get here a little before six. Um, okay. and, and I'm, I, uh, uh, in the off season like this, I'm here a little bit after that. I'm here, usually here by six fifteen. Um, uh, but during the season, I usually try to get here by 6 AM and, and, uh, you know, try to get rolling. I'm, I, I live uh, up in, you know, I, I live way North up in Mason. So it, it's a, it's a haul for me. So I try to beat all the traffic and get in there, you know, relatively as early as I can. And see, that's why you got to be on the west side like me. It's like a 15-minute drive. That's why I can get yeah. there so quick. Well, Darren, I know you're doing film study and everything. I'll let you get back to it. Again, I really do appreciate you, you coming on. And yeah. I said, appreciate you. Me not, I, I apologize if I bug you guys on the bridge. I don't mean to. I'm just yeah. trying to be a fan. <laughs> no, we appreciate your support. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can make everybody proud and keep this thing going. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful day. And I'll, I'll see Bye you tomorrow. Bye. You too. Sounds good. <laughs> Take care. All right, guys, I'm back. Hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a really cool one. Like I said, I, I probably could have kept going, but he looked like he's getting tired. <laughs> so I wanted to end it. The man gave me about 40 minutes. So, you know, that was that was pretty cool. I hope, I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, let's see. What's up, Charles? It's the Iceman. I was thinking about this. Today, you should do giveaways like something to your top fans. I should. That's that's a good idea. I don't have, no. I got stickers I can give away. <laughs> I don't know. I might do that. Let's see. I have given away stuff before. I give some Jackpot Joey stuff. I have given away uh, some strawberry stuff. I don't have a whole lot of strawberry merchandise. So that's another thing. I don't, I don't, I just don't have a lot of stuff, stuff in that. But anyway, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Like I said, I'm working on getting some more. You guys are very kind in the comments, and I'm going to be in the locker room. Yeah, we'll see. I, that would be cool, but we'll see. I'm just hoping I get some – I'm just hoping the Bengals, who told me they'd come on my show, would come on. And I think they will. I just got to keep keep after them and try to bug them, but not bug them too much, if that makes any sense. Anyway, like I said, if you guys know anybody who missed the interview, make sure you tell them about it. It was really cool because stay tuned to the channel because they got a really big one coming up Friday too. Some guy named Bronson Arroyo. If you guys are Reds fans, remember him? Yeah, that guy. Long-haired pitcher. He's coming on Friday for an hour with me. And he's going to be live. So this is going to be legit. So make sure you guys, like I said, are subscribed to the channel. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. Because this will be live Friday at 530. So we can get into all kinds of stuff. We can get into his days in Boston. We can get into, you know, his pitching here in Cincinnati, the little bit of broadcasting thing he did, you know, know, his friendship with, I don't know, Eddie Vedder, Pro Jam, you know, his music. There's lots of stuff we can get into with Bronzo. So make sure you check him out 
and me out Friday. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms. All under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I think I'm going to pull the sound off. I know I haven't done it in like a week and put it on the podcast, but make sure you tune into the podcast if you want to hear it again. Or just watch the YouTube channel again. But my podcast, if I put it up there, is on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure to like and review. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. About Sports Strawberries, like I said, YouTubers are at 1,705 subscribers. That is awesome. So stay tuned to the channel. I got a lot of cool stuff coming up. I'm trying. I'm working really hard for you guys. I'm having a, a lot of fun doing it. And like I said, if it wasn't for you guys watching, one, there'd be no reason to do this. Two, none of these guys would come on my show. They're like, you're who? <laughs> like, eh, eh whatever. So I appreciate, and I'm serious from bottom of my heart. I appreciate you guys watching the show. Follow me on Twitter. And I like, like, I was, I was at this place yesterday, and I don't even remember her name. This lady was like, she walked by me. She was, "Are you Strawberry Ice?" I said, "I said yeah." She's, "Oh, I follow you." I said, "Oh, cool, thanks." And then the another lady that was kind of sitting next to me, she goes, "Are you famous or something?" I go, like, "No, no, no, not really. No, I'm not famous. No, I'm just got a YouTube channel." So, anyway, like I said, I appreciate you guys following me. Following the show, telling your friends about it, and all that. What's that, Charles? Hold on a second here. How did you get into doing it, podcast and doing? You have any advice for someone trying to get into it? Well, I well, I'm old, so <laughs> I went to radio broadcasting school back in 1994. So I was actually on the radio not for very not for very long. I was on the radio. That's how I got the silly name Strawberry Ice. Um, and podcast man. You, just go create a YouTube channel. Go get Anchor. That's what I use for my podcast. Write stuff down. Find a story or something you want to talk about. And start talking. And put it out there. That's the best thing. That's what I started three years ago. I just started talking. And put on on YouTube. And people started liking it. And it's kind of grown from there. So that's how, you know, I just tell everybody. Like some people like want to hurt and go live right away. It's not that easy to go live right away. I would recommend recording stuff, doing that for a while until you get comfortable with the equipment, talking, getting your own point across, stuff like that. I would record something, put it on YouTube, put it on a podcast, and go that way. Then once you start getting more and more comfortable, then you can go live and you know try to reach out and get people on. Like I said, it's fun. But that's how I would recommend you doing it, Charles. So good luck with that. I hope you, uh, hope you do good. And, hey, if you ever want a guest, hit me up. I'll jump on. Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
dripping, nasty, natty, yeah, we lit it, lit the crowd, get the city loud, yeah, we feasting now, fit the bounce, make the city out, now we reaching out, thunder through the tunnel, from the sideline to the huddle, strikes we tatted on the jungle, when we flex that who they muscle on Cincinnati, we go rise in the heart, in the jungle, we unite in the heart, dripping orange and black and white, Now who got a move like it's on? Now who 